It's Wednesday, April 18th, 2018. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, today I'm honored to have a dear friend, uh, a board member, and also uh, just a compatriot in ministry, Cameron Clayton. And Cameron is an advisor of Grit Capital Partners, but his primary role is as a vice president for IBM, where he oversees a portfolio of cognitive businesses within IBM, including Watson Advertising, Watson Content, Watson Media, the Watson IoT platform, and then probably the company everyone knows about, the Weather Company. And so he has been the chief executive officer at the Weather Company for many years and has overseen their digital platforms, including Weather Underground. But I could say so many things about Cameron. His bio is very lengthy, including his time with businesses and digital agencies in New Zealand. But the most important thing that I can say about Cameron Clayton is that he is a follower of Christ. He is a husband to Jamie who is such a dear saint and a lovely lady that that volunteers with the Lifeline in so many different ways. And he is a father to Jake and to Lottie and Colby and Ruby. And Ruby, they adopted almost three years ago from China. And so Cameron, so great to have you here. And one of the things that I just wanted to discuss with you, and you and I have discussed this a lot, is that in orphan care and adoption, it seems to be predicated by women getting called, women moving into this space, and then the husband's kind of being dragged along. And so could you just talk about why you think that men getting engaged is important and really talk about how you first got engaged in the adoption journey and the role Jamie played in that process? So I think uh, men's involvement in uh, the adoption journey is absolutely critical for many reasons, not least of which is that uh, Christ calls us to be the spiritual leaders of our households. Uh, and the sort of the gospel commitment uh, to orphans and widows uh, is really at the, at the very center of the gospel. And so I think it's critically important that all men uh, not only uh, follow you know, their spouses uh, in many cases like you described, but actually lead uh, their families uh, around this subject. Uh, it's easier said than done. I think it is true that the calling often starts uh, with with the wife and, and then, you know, uh, through prayer and uh, continued conversation uh, transitions to being a joint uh relationship calling um and I, I use our conversation as, as an example uh many years ago we were actually uh at church on a sunday morning uh and our pastor was talking about uh how he uh, and his wife had been on a mission trip to china and seen you know just tens and tens and tens of of children you know under the age of 10 um, in rows and rows and rows of cots uh, in pretty tragic circumstances. Um, and I, I remember us uh, sitting in the pews and looking at each other uh, and we looked at each other, but not in the, in the way you would think. And, uh, and we sort of rolled our eyes at each other. And then in the car afterwards, we were like, man, adoption is definitely not 
not for us. And like, I don't know, I don't know who these people are that adopt from China. Um, but, uh, they must be saints because this, there's no way that this is us. Um, jump forward like a couple of years from that conversation in the car. And, uh, we were actually driving, uh, I forget where we were going, but we we're driving on the interstate. Uh, wife and I, my kids in the back, um, and sort of a time for my wife and I to often talk, but sometimes we just sit there and, you know, I drive and, uh, and she does her thing, um, and catches up on a whole bunch of things, but just out of the blue, uh, Jamie says to me, Hey, have you ever thought about adoption? And I did one of those like, like lane changes, like random lane changes that like, that was my natural reaction was not the talk. <laughs> It was to swerve lanes and then swerve back into the lane that we were in. Because uh, it was sort of something that caught me so off guard uh, that it made me do a lane change. Um, and we talked about it probably for no longer than like five minutes. But it was so out of character with that conversation from a few years ago. Uh, but basically what, what Jamie said was, look, I've, I've, I've been praying about this and it's on my mind. Is it ever on your mind? Um, and I was like, yeah, sometimes, uh, it was sort of a very flippant male, male response to it. Um, but then literally on the way back from that same trip, uh, I think a few days later, uh, Jamie brought it up again. She's like, I, I pray about this every day. God has put this on my heart and I pray about this every day. Um, and so we prayed about it and talked about it. And, and that conversation ended up being a couple of hours long. And I had like a thousand questions, right? Uh, all the usual male orientated things, logistics, like do I have to pay for another wedding? Like what, what, what how, what's this going to be? How's this going to work? Um, uh, what ages, all that kind of stuff. So, so jumping straight to solutioning. Um, but ultimately what, we learn in that conversation and ultimately what manifested with God putting Ruby into our family is we said that uh, we could just take the next step and, and learn more. Uh, and we prayed about that. And the more we prayed about it, the more God encouraged us just to take the next step. Um, and uh, by taking the next step and, and having faith, uh, it was, uh, a powerful journey that, that culminated in, in Ruby joining our family. Uh, and I would say that it's probably one of the best things we've done, uh, not just uh, for Ruby, but also for our other children and also for our faith walk. Um, it's really tested us uh, and strengthened us uh, and brought us back to what actually really is critically important in uh, the manifestation of the gospel in every family every day. Um, and it's not the big things, it's the little messy things. Um, even though adoption feels like a big thing, it's really a whole sequence of little messy things. Mm. Wow. Well, so awesome always to hear that story and love the way that both the Lord directly, but also through Jamie challenged you and brought you into that, this process. I know that the greatest thing that I've seen about your family and get to spend your time with family is 
you would never know that Ruby hasn't been a part of y'all's family from the very beginning. And I know a lot of that stretches us as men at times because our, our kids need us. And I know you travel a lot as I travel, but what would you say is this greatest strength that you bring to the adoption process and that men in general can bring to their homes, to their families, through the adoption process, but also to just the greater orphan care ministry? So I think it's, uh, it's going to sound strange, but I think men, and we all know this if we're honest with ourselves, we're all uh, visual, uh, i.e. We, we fall in love visually. Um, and uh, I think that's actually a huge strength in the ad- adoption process um, because we fall in love visually we fall in love unconditionally with our children when they're handed to us, you know, in either the, the theater or at home when, when your child is born or equally, you know, in a foreign uh, country uh, at, at some government office uh, being handed a child that's, you know, one, two, three, five, ten years old in adoption. Um, we fall in love immediately with that with that person as our child. Um, and we care for them unconditionally, uh, from that moment forward, uh, because of that visual attachment. Um, and I think people don't understand that from men. Uh, uh, they use it in the negative context, uh, towards women, etc. Um, but I think it's actually been ordained by God for us to, to, uh, learn and to love that way. Um, around our children, whether they're, uh, you know, uh, born uh, to us or whether they're adopted to us. And so I think that's a critical element um, and, and becomes super important uh, in, the, in, the, in the roller coaster that is uh, adoption. But I think orphan care overall um, needs male leadership uh, in every facet. Right, uh, in in adv- advocacy, uh, in financial contributions, in time spent, um, because if we're really going to manifest the the gospel uh, as leaders of our households, uh, I don't know how you do that without uh, caring for orphans and widows, as is re- sort of required um, by Christ and. Uh, it's easy to read about. It's really hard to do. Uh, and you have to get through your hands dirty and messy, uh, to do it. That doesn't mean you have to adopt in order to be an advocate for orphans and widows. Some of the most influential people I know, uh, that have the largest impact on orphan care, uh, around the world and on, uh, the plight of, of the widows, um, uh, actually don't find themselves attached to that situation personally at all. They just feel led to it hmm. uh, and that God has put that uh, on them. And so I, I guess my challenge to, to every one of you is if you are trying to lead your family uh, in a Christ-centric way and you have not uh, you know, taken a step to learn about uh, orphan care, take the first step. 
um, learn about the size of the problem. 150 plus million orphans uh, in the world. Uh, Christ has challenged us to try and get that to as close to zero as we can. Um, and every one of us can play a role in some way, somehow, uh, whether that's a lemonade stand uh, that raises $5 or whether that's an adoption uh, or whether that's adopting four or five uh, children um, or whether that's preaching about orphan care or it's supporting and bringing a meal to a family that's just adopted or uh, being a shoulder to cry on for someone that's, uh, you know, challenged uh, and going through the hardships of the process. Um, there are multitudes of ways to, to get involved. Uh, and so I encourage you just to take the first step. Well, one of the things I love hearing you talk about when you've had the opportunity to speak to either partners of Lifeline or, or just in general about your adoption story, you like to, to kind of lead in with what you do for your day job. And in a sense, probably most people on the planet have interacted or are a consumer of the data that the weather company provides. And probably anyone that has an iPhone has consumed your data because your app is automatically on the phone. And so really when people look at your day job, Cameron, I mean, they're probably in awe that you're leading this company that's literally touching people all around the world in a significant way. There's, there's one thing that everyone has to, that affects every person on the planet. It's what happened with the weather this day. But I know you would agree that even more significant than what you do at the Weather Channel is what we're doing for the kingdom and what we're doing on behalf of the poor and the needy, the vulnerable, the orphan, and the widow. And so just, if you don't mind, quickly just talk about why is getting engaged on behalf of the orphan and the child in foster care so significant for businessmen that are in high-profile jobs, that are going up to New York City, that are literally working with these huge systems that run our world. Why is this so important in comparison to their day job? I think the, the, the purpose of every person uh, is defined differently um, ex unless you're a Christ follower. And then that purpose is defined for you through the gospel. Um, and, and, and that purpose is crystal clear um, and it overrides all the other whys in our lives, right? Um, and so I guess I'm probably somewhat old-fashioned in the sense of like, um, you know, uh, I, I, I believe that like, you know, Christ uh, and the gospel is first um, and my family is second uh, and, and work and, and other things are, are tertiary. And so I think, the more that that why centers around Christ, around the gospel and what he's calling us to do, the better husbands we are, the better parents we are, the better citizens we are. Um, and, and our purpose uh, fulfills us, right? Uh, and so I have a lot of peers that have midlife 
crises that have get divorced, uh, that, you know, have planes, trains, helicopters, all kinds of toys and, and calculate their success uh, based on, on their accumulation of toys uh, and yet are, are, are super empty in their purpose. Um, and so I think all, each one of us as the leaders of our, of our houses, our churches, and our communities um, needs to make sure we've evaluated, like, are we certain about the prioritization of our purpose uh, and our purpose in Christ to, to share the gospel um, and protect the weak, the vulnerable, the widowed, and the orphaned. Um, mm. when, when we prioritize maniacally that way, we are better leaders. Um, mm. We are better husbands. We're better fathers. Uh, we're better business leaders. We're better board members and community advocates. Uh, we're better Sunday school teachers. Uh, we're just better people. Um, but if we're confused about, you know, there can't be a, a, a two number one priorities, right? My, my job and my, uh, and my calling to Christ. Um, there can only be one. Uh, and, the, and the people that don't have that in order uh, end up you know, failing publicly and privately in multiple facets of their lives. Um, we see that playing out, unfortunately, in our country in the news every day. Um, uh, no matter what side of the political spectrum you're on, no matter what topic uh, you talk about, um, people who are not clear in their purpose uh, get into trouble. Mm. And so uh, I, I beg each of you and I pray for every one of you listening that uh, you are clear in your purpose and, and the why you have is for Christ. Amen. Well, Cameron, I'm so grateful for you and for your leadership, both in your family, but also in your community and for the gospel of Christ. And just to echo what you said, as men, you know, the people that are going to remember our legacy are the people inside our homes. And the investment that we have for the future is in our homes and is in the children. They're our future. And we need to invest not only in those children that are currently in our homes, but also those kids that are vulnerable outside of our homes. And one day, someone will may not, may not know exactly what you did for a living, but they'll know what you did on behalf of the poor and the needy. And ultimately, the only thing that matters is what do you do with Christ? And so, Cameron, thank you for your leadership. Thank you for your friendship. And thank you for joining us. Well, thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. For more information or to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org. Call us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at LifelineChild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of the child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.